um, actually, I decided as my first act of doing this tonight is I'd humble myself and use this this face boom, and uh, let's just pray one more time. And I just want to ask the Lord to uh, to just speak through me and and give us all a word. Lord Jesus, I just thank you and I honor you, Lord, and and I thank you for everyone here. And, and I'm just asking Holy Spirit that you just speak to all of us tonight and give a word for your people in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Um, so last Wednesday night, like well, it was actually Thursday morning by the time I knew that I was going to be doing this. And uh, so as I was praying over the week and, and uh, you know, just wanting to follow Jesus and walk in my own relationship. And, and as I think about this and I just pray, I'd be like, Lord, I know you have a word your people and and uh and so over that week i kept hearing one thing from the lord well really two but the and really both of them are are vital truths but one of them is definitely a vital truth to our faith and without it it leaves something very lacking in in our christian walk and uh it's the fact that we're gonna go the path that we're on as christians is narrow and it's hard and that's why i'd kind of if i could give this a title is it would be hard is the path and uh that's a vital truth to our christianity and in fact if you have a christianity that doesn't ever have anything that's hard to it or there's no sacrifice to it then i would question you know the the kind of christianity that you have you know because there's going to be hard times you know if there's hard times in the world for non-believers, for people who are not Christians, you know, far more for us that are in a spiritual battle where we're fighting for people's souls because Jesus didn't just save us for ourselves. He saved us for others, you know, as well. And and so I just heard that real clearly from God. He's like, the word I have for my people is that hard is the way, hard is the path, you know, and, and, uh, and God really confirmed it mightily to me because I... Darren kind of just asked me last night. He's like, "Do you still, you still feel like God wants you to share?" And and I said, "Yeah." And so we just talked real briefly. I told him I think that God wants me to share about you know how there's going to be hard things with Christianity. I told him you know I shared the the uh, verse in Matthew. Actually, if we'll go there real quick, Matthew chapter seven, and I read out of the ESV, and maybe I should have, uh, yeah. Maybe I should have just went ahead and, and bust out the New King James Version, you know, for everybody. But I think we're going to have it in my version on the screen. So maybe that might help. I mean, this isn't some crazy one. It should be close to what the New King James Version says. So. All right, so we're going to go to 7, and we're going to go to verses 12 through 14. And it says in verse 12, it says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for the this is the law and the prophets. And I just added that verse in there because it was right before the two verses afterwards. I'll tell you about that in a second. It says, Enter by the narrow gate in verse 13. 
For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. And uh, I added verse 12 there just because it's always good to be reminded of that, you know, in our Christian walk. And one of the hard things and one of the hard lessons we're going to have to learn if you want to grow in Christ and if you want to be brought closer to the Lord is that you're going to have to learn that it's never other people in a situation that need to change as far as like if you're feeling anger towards the situation with what that person has done or you feel they've done it's never God calling you to change them. God's calling you to change. I'm, I promise you, because Jesus is our example. And how did Jesus, when he was being reviled, when he was being cursed, when his beard was being ripped out, when he was being dragged to the cross, how did he respond? And that's our example as Christians. That's the, the mark and the bar. And so anytime, any situation where it's hard, and it's rough, and, and somebody, especially when it comes to people, because this is a good example, you know, when, there's, when it comes to people and we feel like they've hurt us, we feel like they've wronged us as Christians, God's not calling us to try to, I, as far as, now if you've already humble like Jesus, and you know, the, this person's come and treated you wrong, and you've just laid down your life, and you've loved them unconditionally and all that, well then you, you're fine. But if there's anything in your heart that wants to, strike back if there's anything in your heart that wants justice for yourself because that person was wrong God's not calling you to try to get this person to come and apologize to you come and make it right trying to get to try to get that person to change God's calling you to change and to become more like Christ because you're not <laughs> responsible for others decisions and they're not responsible for your decisions so even in Christianity this is key that we learn that, you know, we can become like Christ, you know, and that's how I enter every situation. And I, I used to live and be in a ministry where I was with men in very close corners 24-7 and some characters, dude, and guy, grown men acting like babies and, and hatred and all sorts of things going on. And I had only so many choices I could make. I either could get very bitter, I could let it break me, or I could decide to let the love of Christ come through and let God change my heart. And I started to find that it didn't matter what anybody did to me or how bad they were to me, that if I humbled myself and I be decided to look at Jesus' example, man, something amazing would happen and, and no longer could anything that they could do could bother me because I realized that Christ set forth an example for me and it wasn't just because it was you know some good road that none of us could get to it's because he's put his Holy Spirit inside of us and so he's going to help us to walk in his ways all of his promises the Bible says are yes and amen in him they're not maybe and might happen if you just so happen to be a super Christian I don't believe in super Christians I don't believe that you know that I, I remember <laughs> Like some years back, my, my sister Amber, because uh, I really just want, I was zealous, I wanted to follow the Lord, and, and uh, my little sister was talking to, to me, and my sister Amber, who's a little older, and, she's, and my little sister's like, well, why does Jeremy witness to people? Why does he do this? And she's like, Jeremy's just one of those Christians, you know, that's just like, 
just really Christian. I don't know, she said some words like that, like he's just really Christian, you know, like, you know, there's some Christians, you know, really do what the, the Bible says, or she said something like that, and, I, and in my mind, I was just like, no, because really that's every Christian. We're called to become like Christ, and I don't know why I kind of went there with that, but it's just a good example, like with that verse right there in 12, and it's something I always bring before my heart, no matter what situation comes my way with people. I don't want, yes, I mean, I w- if I need to say something to a brother, then then I'll say something, you know, or yes, if if a brother's obviously, I know that he's not living right, and, and he's not treating me right, or others right, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to help him, and revealed him and changed him but as far as i'm concerned with this situation i want to become like christ i want to treat the situation like christ has called me to to handle the situation i believe a, this is a lot of maybe what the heart of what god's wanting me to share because sometimes we're going to be hurt we're going to endure hardships as christians people are gonna opportunities and people are going to come that will offend us as Christians, you can't get away from it. It's going to happen. And God even allows it to happen and even pleases him that it happens in our lives sometimes. And that's a completely different Bible doctrine that I don't really want <laughs> to dig too deeply in. But God, it pleases him sometimes to allow hard times to come our way to discipline us and to correct us. Because Otherwise, I was sharing with a brother and, and I think even a sister today, I was like, unless if these hard times ever came, how would we learn to trust God? You know, how, how would he ever become, we would we ever learn to really trust him with all of our hearts, unlike we ever have before? Because if everything was always just a nice, easy road and no real trials ever came in our Christian walk, then we never really would trust God. We never really would put faith in God because our faith and trust would be in that we knew that our road is easy and everything is just going to work out just fine, you know, and that's why <laughs> we had to to go through some struggles and trials in this life. Um, is there any way I can get a little water? Thanks, Darren. And I'm just going to say that this boom is really weird because I feel like I'm in a fishbowl right now as I speak. Maybe it's the speakers on the side, but, but, uh, cool i guess it's just where i'm at in the room but uh but the path that leads to life is hard and it's not that everything in the christian walk is hard because we know that there many of us we've been very blessed at times and we go through those times where we're very blessed and the things that we experience from the lord are amazing unlike ever before but sometimes we're going to experience hardships and times that are are hard and I want to go to another uh, verse in Acts chapter 14 And at verse 19, it says, But Jesus came from Antioch to Iconium, and having, or but Jews, 
came from, sorry, I said Jews, but Jews came from Antioch to Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to Darby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and may, had made many disciples, they returned to Lystria and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord to whom they had believed. And uh, I was just thinking, God was make, uh, reminding me of this scripture this morning as I was praying. And, you know, you see Paul right here at the beginning, he gets stoned. It's, and everybody in that city thinks he's dead because they stone him and, and he appears dead. But then some of the other disciples come and find him. It, he's still alive. And, uh, you know, and so I think Paul's qualified here later where him and Barnabas, just a couple verses down, he's in, they're encouraging the disciples in, te- in the faith, it says, and saying to them that through many tribulations they must enter the kingdom of God. And like I was saying, this is a vital truth in, in our faith is that we're going to go through hard times. There is going to be tribulations. If we're really walking out this Christian faith, there's going to be things that come against us. Sometimes it's just the fact that life can be hard. You know, sometimes not everything goes our way. You know, sometimes it's because we really are walking with the Lord with all of our heart, and the devil doesn't like that. And there's one thing he wants to get you to do. He wants to get you to quit. And so he's going to send things your way. And another thing is that also, like I said, sometimes the Lord, it's, I mean, like look at Job, for instance. Yes, in the book of Job, the devil is the one that comes and kills all of Job's kids, destroys his house, takes everything from him one day. But he has, but the devil has to ask God first. And even God's the one that tells the devil, have you considered my servant Job? You know, and why is that? Why did God do that? Is it because God's a bad God? No, it's not. God is a good God. The Bible says in First John one five that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God doesn't have a dark side. He's not a, he, you know, he doesn't have a dark side and sometimes he decides to bust it out. That's not God. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But because he wants to form in us the kind of character that pleases him. And if he's God and that's what he desires, well, he's completely right for wanting that and doing so. And that's part of our Christian walk is that God wants to form the image of Christ in our lives. And that's part of one of the main reasons why we go through some of the things that we do. Not only that, but like I said, we're in a world that's that's tough and it's God-hating. And it's definitely going to, in a country like what we live in today, going to hate a person that wants to follow the Lord with all their heart. You know, and not that we don't make mistakes. Every one of us is going to make mistakes. We all fall short of the glory of God. You know, but it's going to hate a person that says, you know what, no, Jesus is my Savior, and I know what he did for me was so real. I want to give him my whole life. And that person is going to experience tribulations. The Bible says that the godly in Christ 
will suffer persecution, you know, and so just know that those things are going to come our way. And the other thing I kind of wanted to hit on for a second is the fact, because a lot of people have been asking questions about, to me and some other brothers, about hearing from God lately. And like I was, funny, like I was saying, because uh, I think I kind of got off on talking about some of these scriptures and whatnot, but when Darren last night had asked me about what I was going to share, you know, and I told him briefly, you know, kind of what I was thinking God was speaking to me. Then we go to, uh, that, yes, that place, uh, Reset at, at Shriner, and exactly what they're t- we talked about was all of this. And I was just like, man, I just, just got done telling Darren, I think this is what God wants me to share. And then today I go to this men's lunch that I go to, and what's the th- topic that they're sharing on? This right here. And I was like, man, God, I think that you're speaking clearly. There's something you want to speak to your people, you know, that we're going to go through hardships. It's going to be hard times. But the things that really help in the hard times is, one, knowing that our Father is light, and that in Him is no darkness at all. He's our Father. He's a good Father, the Bible says. You know, um, Jesus, when He's talking about fathers, He's like, y'all know how to be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, but how much more your heavenly father, referring to the one that is light, has no dark. He's good father. He cares about us. Won't he give you all good things that you need when you ask? You know, and, and that's another thing that these hard times and these struggles are going to build. It's really, this is a message of encouragement. That when, because, uh, and I'm qualified a little bit to speak on this topic. If you only knew the hard struggles I've endured as a Christian and how crappy of a Christian I've been (laughs) and and how I've had to endure not just, you know, sufferings from when I have followed the Lord faithfully, but also for humiliation, for feeling like I was the worst Christian and many people agreeing with that, you know. And and so I've gone through sufferings and I've gone through trials and I'm even enduring a very great suffering in many ways right now as we speak because some brothers and sisters in Christ they are like family to me. There's a situation I'm not really at liberty to talk about, but I'm enduring through it. And in my heart, I hurt very deeply because it's a situation that God's already shown me I had to take my hands off of and I, I can't even be involved with really anymore at this point. And, and but my trust and my hopes in the Lord. And I don't know how to explain to you that I'm still encouraged. Even in the midst of that suffering, in the midst that the situation does not look good. It looks like it's, it's completely out of there. But I know my God. And I know my Father. And He's a good Father. And I know that I have the right to pray. I have the right to make my request to God as a son. And, and He hears me. And so the things that I pray for those people are blessings. I pray mighty blessings over them. I pray protection. Do I also pray that God will reveal some of the things that are going on? Yes, I do. You know, and, and that's between me and the Lord, and, and God hears my prayers. Sometimes God's answer is no. I've learned that. That's a very good answer many times. You know, and, and <laughs> if I can, I want to say one thing before I move on. Be willing to accept the answer no from the Lord. It's a very holy answer that will help you, you know, and, and if you receive it and not fight it, the amazing things that will do in your life, an answer of no, 
sometimes <laughs> is is un, unimaginable. And I don't even know how to explain to you how great that that answer can be sometimes. You know, because sometimes God's telling us no. He's telling us to put the brakes on. He's telling us don't go any further. And if we know that who our God is and who our Father is and how good He is, then we don't need to question even His motives. We know that I already know. I'm learning as I as time goes on. When God tells me no, I'm like, man, God, Lord, I don't want to fight that answer because I know that You're trying to protect me. I don't even want to try to go over this in my mind and try to fight and figure out. Well, maybe could it be yes? You know, because you're telling me no for a good reason. You, hey, <laughs> but yeah, he's listening, and uh, you know, because God sees everything. I had to remind myself. I had to take myself down a notch. I had to humble myself sometimes and remind myself that God sees everything, and I and that's become something that I talk with the Lord about much more. And even like in this situation, I was just telling you about with people that I'm very close with, where it's it hurts and it sucks and and whatnot. I've had to tell the Lord, you know what? I don't see everything. I don't see the whole situation clearly, Lord, but you do. And so I'm going to trust you. And know that your plans for me are good and they're not for evil. And they're for a future and for a hope, like the Bible says. And and I don't want to use Jeremiah 29, 11 right now too strong because many people take that scripture out of context and and you do well to read that whole chapter and, and allow God <laughs> to speak to you what what that whole future and hope that he's talking about there is is about. But it also says in, in 13 there in Jeremiah 29 that those who, uh, is that where it says those who know God are loved by him? Or something like that. I probably should go to it. But anyways, the point being is that God has good plans for us. He has good things for us. You know, and he he allowed his son Jesus, our God, to to experience hardship and trouble while he was here. And so we got to know that that us, too, will have to go through hard things. And Jesus plainly told us, Jesus right here, you know, and right there in Matthew told us that the path is hard and it's narrow that leads to life. And few be there that find it. You know, and so I want to say that. So, uh, you know, once again, I got a little off, but about hearing the voice of God and even hearing it in the midst of trouble is the, the biggest thing that you can do that will help you is being obedient to what you know God has already spoken to you, you know, through his word, just to you personally. A lot of times, like even recently, because there's been hard times and there's been things going on in my life and I tell God, so and and not everything's working out like I was thinking that it would. And I tell God, so what do I do? And God will tell me real clearly, do what I already told you to do. And when I do that, I have the peace of God. When I do that, I hear him clearly. When I do what he's already been telling me to do, and then also I just, in my life, day-to-day life, when I know that that this decision would be contrary to the word of God, but this decision would be right in line with the word of God, I don't have to question which decision to take. I already know what God's spoken. So that's where the, the written word, man, it will guide us. One of the biggest ways that the Holy Spirit will continue to speak to you, he'll bring to your remembrance the word of God many times. Because if you're not sure about a situation, the word of God is very sure about it. And <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why that's the, one of the main ways the Holy Spirit will speak to you 
if and that's why it's so good to study and make Bible reading, I would suggest a part of your daily life in prayer. And for me, my Bible time is part of my prayer life. You know, any time I pray, I take my Bible with me. And any time I read my Bible, I pray. And that's just how the Holy Spirit, the Lord has led me. And it's it's helped me most to, to grow in the word because I, I've learned and it was from a different man of God. His name was Dave Wilkerson. I heard him talk about it one time. He said, I don't go to prayer without my Bible. And it hit me. I was like, man, you know what? What's one of the main ways that God speaks to us is through his word. You know, and if prayer is not just me spitting things out at God, you know, at a rapid pace. And he also speaks to us and stuff, too. Well, it's probably a good idea that I bring my Bible with me to prayer. And when I bring and when I'm opening my Bible, I also pray, you know, so I don't really separate my study of scripture apart from prayer. I never do. That's just and I just I don't know. I felt like I'd share that with y'all. But so that's one of the biggest ways, though that I've learned to, and the voice of God has become more clear in my life, is by already obeying what I know he's spoken to me personally and also through his word. And as I do that, God's voice becomes so much more clear to me because, you know, it's like uh, Darren, he brought up a point when we were at a reset last night and he was talking about Abraham. And Abraham hears from God and God tells him that he's going to give him a son through his wife, Sarah, you know, and, and the, his son of promise, but they're already really old, you know, they're like close to 100 or something, and and so they have some questions about it, and so even Sarah, because she's had a barren womb, kind of doesn't really believe the word from God, and so she gets their servant, Hagar, who's a young woman, and she says, hey, Abraham, you know, you should go and sleep with, with Hagar, and, and this is how God's going to, he's like, I could see, you know, a, a man and his wife's agreeing with it, and she's kind of fooled him and he's like <laughs> the wheels are turning he's like oh, okay well I guess I should go over here with this young woman <laughs> and fulfill the 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 word of God you know and all that craziness but because he does that and because he doesn't listen to what God had spoken to him already then God doesn't speak to him again for 13 years why because he had hardened his heart he put him in a place where because he wasn't willing to to listen to what God had already spoken to him it stopped God from speaking to him again for 13 years and I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying if you have something in your life right now uh, I hope that God will speak to you again before 13 years you know but it's a good example in the Bible I never really heard anybody um, explain it like that until last night when Darren Darren shared that and it was a good point that that was such an important thing to God and God had already spoken something to Abraham and 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 told him to be faithful, you know, in that, and, and trust and believe that I'm going to fulfill this promise to you, and he didn't, and so God didn't speak for 13 years. I want to, real quickly, because I don't know how long I've taken already, but I want to go to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I just wanted to mention that scripture because, you know, I wanted to mention about hearing from the, clearly from the voice of God and even in the midst of troubles. And it says right there, by testing, you may learn to discern the will of God. Part of the, you know, the thing is people, they say they want to know the will of God. And part of that is how we hear from God. Because if we want to do the will of God, we're going to have to hear from God. And one of the ways that God works in us and teaches us to be able to walk with him and, and to walk with him in his will and whatnot and to discern his will and to hear his voice and discern his voice is through testing, is through troubles, through hardship. Because like I said, if those things never came and, and our Christian walk was just a cotton candy road, well, then our trust would be in the fact that we knew that it was always going to be a cotton candy road and, and we wouldn't really learn to trust God and discern his will because the road would already be set out before us and it would be easy and it would be, you know, there would be no troubles, you know. And so and since we're in this world and since we want to know the will of God and since we want to follow him, we're going to have to, like I said, go through these struggles. I want to go to one more scripture real quick. And it's Hebrews 10, 32 through 39. It says, But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plunder of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while the coming one will come and not delay, but my righteous ones shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are of those who shrink, who, and we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. But, you know, I just wanted to mention this scripture, this portion for a couple of reasons, because it says, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, talking about our salvation, talking about receiving the Holy Spirit in our lives through through believing and being sealed under the day of redemption. We were enlightened. God revealed himself to us. God saved us, you know, through his son and says you endured a hard struggle with sufferings. And we know that that. Uh, whoever the author was of this book, he was talking to, he was talking to Hebrews and he was talking to people that were enduring persecution, you know, things that here in America we've never seen, you know, really never have come close to because they did gruesome things, you know, putting people on stakes and lying them up. I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff they were enduring. And so these these people that he was writing to, like, I'm sure this really hit home because they're like, yeah, we've we've endured some hard struggles you know, and I mean, these people were were being roads were being paved over their bodies while they're alive. I mean, all sorts. Of, I mean, if I could just go through the history of what these people were going through, it's just insane. That, and then here, Paul is telling them just right after this, but you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, 
and I, I remind myself of that and that fact that horrible, uh, like I, I have a friend uh, who's a pastor who's very good friends with a guy who leads the underground church in Syria, you know, which is probably the most hostile um, Muslim country towards the gospel. And I'm not going to tell you some of the tortures, that, but man, they do some tortures that are just, just horrible. I mean, and there's one that I have in mind because the first time it was shared to me, I'll probably never, I haven't even seen it, but the image is in my mind. It, <laughs> I mean, they do some things that are just insanely horrible to try to get them to talk, to tell them where the other Christians are at, you know, and, and then if they don't, they, they, you know, don't just torture them, but kill them in very horrible ways and, I remind myself of that, not because I'm grim when I, but I try to think, you know what, Lord, here I am <laughs> in America where really my walk hasn't been that hard. Yes, do I endure some hard things? Yes, do I, I have to deal with slander sometimes? Do I have to deal with not liking the way people act sometimes and all that kind of stuff? Yes, I do. But when I think about my brothers and sisters in Christ and other countries that are being tortured to the death right now as we speak, my my struggle is not really anything. You know, my path hasn't really been that hard as a Christian. And that, I don't know, reminding myself of that, but not only just reminding myself of that, but then I let it lead me to prayer when that comes to mind for my brothers and sisters in Christ there in those countries because it's a real thing that's happening right now as we speak. It helps me because it takes me down a notch and reminds me, hey, look, Lord, if you're with those people there and those people aren't even willing to deny the and when they're going through these horrible trusts, they're not willing to deny you. They trust you unto the death. You know, well, here I am. And I'm claiming to believe in this word. I'm claiming to be a Christian. I want to put my money where my mouth is. I don't want to just say I believe these things. But when it comes down to the line and when the time of testing comes, uh, I don't really believe it because I don't really believe it because the proof's in the pudding. I, I fall apart, you know, or whatever be the case, you know, and... So I remind myself of those things, and, and it helps me in my faith. It helps me walk because I'm like, man, Lord, you know what? You're with me right now. And if you're with those people on the other side of the world being tortured to death, and they're just as much your sons and daughters as I am for sure, and they're probably more faithful, they're probably more zealous and probably more on fire than I am for you right now, Lord, then I believe you can help me with this situation, and I want to put my money where my mouth is like I said and not to say I believe these things because faith without works is dead and that's the truth you know and and James right there gives a very powerful word because we've been saved by grace through faith and it's not of our own doing you know it's a pre-gift of God not of works as any man should boast but read the next verse after that in Ephesians it says but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. But it just said not of works. It's the salvation part, the grace part, what he gave us is not of our own works. It's his gift. We can never do anything to receive salvation. But God's also given us a gift of grace that works in our lives after salvation. He's also given us a gift of faith. It says The Bible says he puts a measure of faith in every believer. And Jesus himself said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed you can move mountains he's, uh, so whatever amount of faith that he's placed in you is more than enough his grace is definitely enough you know and and so i just feel that fire burning in my heart to to exhort y'all as, as a brother in the lord because 
one, I want to exhort myself first. You know, I, I want to not just say I believe these things because somebody ticks me off a little bit. I don't like the way they act. Also, I fall apart and I can't hold to the simple truths of the faith and act like Christ. But then I have brothers and sisters in Christ that are being tortured to death and willingly, and even some, knowing the stories that joyfully do because they know the hope that they have in Christ. And so I just want to exhort y'all that, man, we can. God's given to each of us a measure of faith. It says to each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who seals us to the day of redemption for the common good to each one of us. That's the Holy Spirit, which is also God, God living inside of us, so that's pretty powerful. And so I just want to leave y'all with those thoughts that, man, and that's one thing I challenge myself with and, and more and more as I tell God, you know what, there come situations where I had to decide either I'm going to conform to this world or I'm going to believe that the things that I read in this book are true and that God will help me to do them. And I'll sit and I'm more and more, especially since I do share with a lot of different people and I don't always preach like this, but I share with a lot of people through every month and, and whatnot and there's been many times where I'll, I'll tell people about something or I'll tell them about a truth or how we ought to act this way or, or that way as a Christian. And then the situation comes to me where now it's time for me to act. And I'll tell God, you know what, I don't want to just preach. But then when it comes to my life, I'd be disqualified. You know? And so I just want to leave y'all with that. And I hope that that, that spoke to y'all. And, and I just that's what God put on my heart share tonight but it is a hard path but it's a blessing you know it's a blessed path as well and the lord is definitely with us and i hope you'll hear the encouragement that's in this that yes there will be hard times but god's with us in the hard times you know and and that's where we really get to know him the most and and i remember a brother in christ told me some years back he said because I was all upset at a brother. I can't even remember what I was upset about because that's how important it was. But I called him and I was telling him, you know, what this brother did and everything. And he just told me one thing real quickly. He said, Jeremy, I wish you'd grow up so that you could share in the sufferings of the Lord with me. And it hit me like a hammer. And and I started praying after that, that I could share in God's sufferings. <laughs> and I still don't understand what all that means. But I want to learn. You know, I want to grow. And, and so let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you and I honor you. And, and I thank you for your word. And I thank you for all that you've done for us. I thank you that your grace is sufficient, Lord. And I thank you that your faith that you've placed in us. You've given us so many good gifts, Lord. And you've given us all that we need that per- and for everything that pertains to life and godliness you've put inside of us, Lord. Because you live in us and you're God. And Holy Spirit, we just want to give you honor tonight and recognize your presence living inside of us and that you're a great help, a very present help in the time of need. And so we just call upon you tonight, Lord. And we just ask that for each one of us, any of us that are going through any kind of struggle right now, any kind of confusion, anything where we, we're not sure and and where there's been hurt, and where there's been situations where others have hurt us, or whatever be the case, Lord, we just pray and we ask, Lord, for your deliverance. We ask that you would be a very present help in the time of need, and that you would strengthen us so that we may learn 
to discern your will and hear your voice, Lord. And we just thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.